On today's show, the director, writer, and producer of the new film, <laughs> Cage Fighter, please welcome Jesse Quinones. Very nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, uh, very excited to be talking about Cage Fighter with all of your listeners. <laughs> Welcome to the Mike Grant Show, and today's <coughs> special guest is the director, producer, and writer of the new film, Cage Fighter. Please welcome Jesse Quinones. Hey, Jesse, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, having me. You're welcome. We're so happy to have you here today. I saw the film Cage Fighter. It's amazing. I loved it. Everybody be sure to go check that out. And what I want to start off asking you first is, how did this all come about? How did you get the idea and concept for this film? Yeah, I, um, I'm a big fan of uh, martial arts. Um, and uh, I came up with the idea about five years ago. And I just always loved, um, you know, uh, the fight movies like Rocky and, and Bloodsport. And, you know, I always felt like fighting was a really good metaphor for life. And I was and for overcoming adversity. And I was kind of come dealing with some adversity in my own life at the time. And I just wanted to kind of write about it in the kind of fight movie genre. And uh, yeah, I uh, spent a number of years working on the script and then um, uh, it started falling together uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, here we are, a movie that's uh, kind of out in the world and, and people get to watch it. Now you do have a martial arts background as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I've been doing uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for 11 years now, since 2009. I initially started it when my son was born. I just wanted to do it to get in shape a bit, you know, because I find running really boring and lifting weights and really repetitive. And I just thought, let me try doing something that <clears throat> I can actually learn something. And it was just a way of getting in shape with my brother. And we just stuck to it and um, fell in love with it. And I've been doing it um, ever since. Uh, I got my black belt a couple years ago in 2018. And um, yeah, so it's one of those things that I just think I'll be doing for the rest of my life. Um, and um, I, I think falling in love with doing martial arts made me kind of appreciate what athletes go through and what um, professional martial artists go through. And um, it definitely informed a lot of my approach in terms of the writing of Cage Fighter and also a lot in the core in the choreography because um when we were designing the fights with Alex, <clears throat> I think having a martial arts base really helped in terms of understanding the beats and the choreography and and um yeah it's kind of was my two loves put together in one thing, you know. Can you walk us through about the process of putting this film together? Like you said that it took you like five years basically. So can you tell yeah. us um how this all came about coming together and you know making the film finalized you know scouting locations casting all that stuff how that comes into play yeah um so like the script alone was probably years um i'd say uh good three or four years many rewrites um you know and and development um things really kind of took shape uh when i met 
the producers um, uh, of Cage Fighter, uh, Shane Putzlocker and Sarah Shack, and that kind of started to crystallize things. Um, and I'm based in London, so in, in the UK. So I was the plan was to make the film in the UK, but um, <clears throat> UK is a very expensive place to shoot, so that didn't work out. And so um, we were going to go to Romania because um, there's you know, some really great sound stages over there, and then that didn't work out. And Shane and Sarah are from Canada. And uh, Shane's from Regina, Saskatchewan. And so we kind of talked about, he, he, he suggested uh, Regina as a place to shoot because one, we had access to a really um, incredible soundstage um, that would rival any soundstage you would see in Hollywood. And two, we had um, access to uh, like an arena, a full, like a proper hockey arena, which we used um, for one of the scenes in the film. And so for those two reasons, they were like kind of the big setup, the big set pieces we had in the movie. It just made a lot of sense and you know it was incredible we had a uh, <clears throat> number of months of prep you know and and um the, you know casting the film and all that and then things really started to get excited when we started casting real people into the movie like we got john moxley who a lot of people will know from aew and he stepped in to play kind of the big um antagonist in the movie randy stone and gina gershon who I always kind of pictured playing the role of Max Black, who's like the head honcho promoter, um, you know, Chuck Liddell, Luke Rockhold, you know, just legends of the UFC. And, and then um, my, my good friend, Alex Montagnani, who was the fight choreographer, but then stepped in to play the lead role. So all those things just started falling into place. And then the shoot itself was a very intense four weeks in Regina, um, you know, shooting four fights over six days. And, and then, um, uh, and then, COVID happened. We had to finish post-production during lockdown and I was meant to go back to Canada for that, but then we ended up doing it remotely. But um, yeah, so uh, came, you know, it's, it's been a, an interesting journey to put, pull the movie together. But, uh, you know, I think um, I'm really proud of it and I'm really proud that the film, we managed to get the film out there um, and, um, you know, hopefully it's something that wrestling fans and MMA fans will really enjoy and appreciate. So the actual filming then, did that only, was that only four weeks or was that longer? Yeah, it was four weeks in, Can in Canada and then another about a week in, in London just for the exteriors because the film was still set in London, but we shot all the interiors in Canada. So we did a week of like exterior shots in London. Yeah, so when you think about it, it's kind of crazy for just the film when, when people hear you, you know, talk yeah. about this process, how long it actually takes, because it is an enormous process just for that. Yeah, you know, it still have to length with my first film, because um, I my first feature took me 13 years from idea to completion. So, um, you know, hopefully the next one uh, doesn't take as long. I'm, write, I'm writing the next <laughs> one right now, and I'm hoping it's not another five years, you know. Now, in this film, you mentioned Alex Montagni, who's the lead in here. Mm -hmm. Now, he was actually the fight choreographer originally, right? And then he stepped up to the lead role. So can you tell us about what happened there, how he was able to get that? Yeah, we had another actor attached, um, you know, and then uh, through some, you know, visa issues, uh, it, was, it just wasn't meant to be. Um, and we were about four weeks out from shooting and we were just in this really tricky situation where we needed somebody that knew the, could learn the fight choreography quick enough and also could act. And <clears throat> I've known Alex for years. I've known him since he's like 18 years old. So he's a really good friend. And I knew he could handle the fight side of things, but you know, he had done a few shorts, but he never kind of done a role that, that needed him to be emotionally invested for four weeks of shooting. 
but I just felt like he had the, what it took, you know, and um, it, it wasn't an easy kind of pitch to the producers because he was, you know, it's a new, it's, he's a new actor, but um, he did a lot. He did self tape after self tape and really kind of immersed himself in it. And um, <clears throat> I think he did a really amazing job and, you know, I would love to see him. I'm, I, I'm excited to see where he goes from here. You know, he's gotten picked up by an agent now. And, um, you know, I think I could picture him being the next Scott Atkins or some action star, you know. So uh, I think he's in a really exciting place in his career right now. Yep. So anybody who hasn't seen his episode, we have an episode with Alex on here, too. So be sure to check that out so you can learn a little bit more about him. And then the other lead in the film is John Moxley, as you mentioned, from AEW. So tell yeah. us how you got to land John Moxley in this role. And was that role, like, I mean, he's really good at that role. It's sort of yeah. like his personality. Was, yeah. was that role catered or switched a little bit to his personality once he was cast? Or did you have that kind of set in stone the way that it was written? Um, the way we got Moxley was through... Um, uh, so when Shane and Sarah came on, they brought on to the project uh, Christian, or many you know, many people know him as Christian J. Riso, as an executive producer and also to be in the movie. And Christian went and got, we, we, we kind of said to him, we need a, a wrestler to step in and play that role. <clears throat> we talked about a few names and, and he had mentioned that he knew Moxley was going to be leaving the WWE. It might be in an interesting spot in his career. And um, he sent Moxley the script and you know, me and Mox got on the phone and had a conversation and um, I just felt instantly like this guy's got some charisma, you know, and uh, he's just got something, it's hard to put your finger on it. And he kind of said, you know, because the, the, the script was written, obviously, but he had a lot of ideas and he said, like, I, I would feel, I feel like I can give my best performance if I get to improv and kind of do my thing with it. And I was totally up for that. You know, I kind of, I like working like that anyway. And um, yeah, I'm really happy with the results. I mean, this guy was, electricity on camera you know he just uh he's so uh natural and so he was telling me that he, you know wrestlers are like the navy seals of performers because they have to do stunt coordinating fight choreography you know acting drama they they do it all comedy so they and, and he it's true like i mean especially we had this one scene um the press conference the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor uh <laughs> it's just, he gave me so many different options it was crazy yeah, especially with those promos, like you said, the press conference, and then mm. I remember the scene where Alex, or the, you know, the character Reese was at home with the wife and watching John Moxley, yeah, Randy Stone on the TV, yeah. and just um, you know talking about his <laughs> opponent. I mean, he like those promos are gold when he does when he, yeah, uh, and he could just pull them out of anywhere. One there would be one promo where I just say, like there was one where the first time they see uh, Randy Stone played by Moxley is when they're in the basement and they're like looking at one of his promos and he's talking about some guy called Buffalo Bill. He literally, we, I didn't, that was just like, I said, can you cut a promo? That's one of your, like as one of your past promos. And he said, what do you want to talk about? I said, I don't know, like another wrestling opponent um, for a, a fictional promotion. And he literally sat there for 10 seconds and he said, okay, I'm ready. And he just blasted it out. And it was like one take. It was incredible. I was just like, wow. Man. <laughs> So Imagine if you really, had four or five takes. It they're, they're so good. You're like, which one do I choose for the film? Yeah, yeah. Well, the press conference we shot like that, like over half a day, and it ends up being like a three minute scene. But there was so much stuff, you know. And then also you have a, another slew of you know greats in here. I mean, you've got Chuck Liddell, you've got Christian in here, um, you've got Luke Rockhold in here. 
Yeah. Um, tell us what it was like working with those guys and how you got them cast in here. Uh, Chuck was uh, done through a pretty traditional way. We approached his uh, uh, manager and made, made him an offer. And I was actually surprised because normally Chuck in movies, he only kind of does like a day or two. And, you know, he's a busy guy and he kind of commits to a day or two and kind of does his thing and then, and then goes back um, to L.A., um, but for this, he actually was out with us for two weeks and, um, he, that thing, I don't think he's ever done that many days on set for a movie. So I felt very privileged that he believed enough, of, um, believed enough in the project to commit that much time of his to the project. And he was great. What I really was impressed with Chuck was that he took the craft of acting really seriously. He came with his script full of notes, ideas. He made some, you know, he, I mean, not. Nobody knows MMA better than this guy. You know, I'm coming at it from an outsider's point of view. I tried my best to authenticate it, but <clears throat> you know, I, I I really respect people like him and Luke, and the both of them um, had notes and just ways of making little little errors that no, maybe uh, the normal person wouldn't see, but an MMA person would notice, and they want you know little things like that helped me fix that. Um, so that was great. And then Christian, um, obviously, you know, as an executive producer, I just thought it makes sense to put him in the movie. So, um, you know, he kind of played a, a character that I had a lot of fun writing and, and it was great to see him lifted off the page um, in um, Stephen Drake, who's this sort of MMA pundit um, who kind of was always chipping in with his point of view. And he was great. His, his scenes with Gina Gershon were so fun. <clears throat> yep. And then you also had Luke Rockhold in the film as well. Yeah, Luke. Luke um, basically was very traditional. He auditioned for the part. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of Luke. Uh, you know, he's uh, his credentials in MMA are, are like incredible, and he was great. He kind of played uh, the role of Tony Gunn, who's like this coach that um, Alex's character leave, um, leaves his main coach of Chuck Liddell to go with um, Tony Gunn, and Luke was great. You know, I even got a chance to spar with him, which is pretty fun. Um, I mean, he kicked my ass, but <laughs> that's what we expected. I still had to give it my best. And then you also got Gina Gershon in the film, as well as yeah. Elijah Baker. <clears throat> yeah, Gina's incredible. I mean, she's been in, I think, like 80 or 90 movies. And um, when you work with somebody like that, it's, I, I feel like it's, only, it's an opportunity for, to learn. You know, this is my second feature film that I've directed. And, um, you know, just getting to work with her and see how well prepared she is and um, you know, like just little things like, you know, always knowing where to be, to be in focus or where to catch the light, you know, um, in terms of, you know, just even the choreography, if we're like a walk and talk scene, you know, she just, she just knows her craft and, and that was really exciting. And then Elijah Baker um, is kind of at the earlier stage of his career and, um, but super talented, you know, really well-trained uh, as an actor, you know, he really knows his craft. And I loved um, doing those scenes because his scenes with Gina were kind of the most dialogue heavy scenes and <clears throat> you know watching them kind of go at it because it was it was almost like looking at these kind of tennis matches be, because you know it's the real tough relationship of a promoter and an agent and they're both vying for things and they both want things from each other and seeing them negotiate those things i i really liked um the drama that they pulled out of those scenes what would you say was your favorite moment during filming <clears throat> um <clears throat> Probably uh, there's a scene, I don't remember if this was the last scene we shot, but I remember um, when we shot the last scene that's in the movie where, Al where Alex's character wins 
the last fight. I guess it's a spoiler for anyone that hasn't watched it. <laughs> oh, you <just> know that. <laughs> yeah, but it was my favorite because Alex had suffered a really nasty groin tear during the shooting of the movie, and um, you know he it was it was pretty bad, like black and blue, and and you know those things happen. Um, where it's a fight movie and it was pretty physical, and it just kind of was one of the things where he was pushed the wrong way and landed funny, but he really had to push through the last fight scene of the movie you know he was actually in real pain and there's that moment when he wins and he goes down to his knees and he's screaming and he's like kind of screaming a mixture of agony and and happiness you know because he's overcome some huge obstacles mentally physically spiritually psychologically and it was just so powerful because <clears throat> like reese the character is screaming like that but there's also alex screaming like that because he went he went through real pain and i think it just really it feels real you know and just capturing that moment um felt like a really privileged moment to kind of witness um and i was really proud of him for how he pushed through that and, and um you know this guy has got a, a a strong mind to do that and that that's probably my probably the most um satisfying moment on set for cage fight who would you say surprised you in the film um luke luke rockhold surprised me a lot because it was his first ever real um acting uh role and um <clears throat> he's got real natural he's a real natural on screen you know i think probably just being used to interviews and he was really receptive like you know i, I kind of my directing style i'd like to chuck a lot of different ideas and sometimes go a little unconventional with things and using music and different triggers that um might tap into somebody and he was really open with all that you know and he really loved music so we used music a lot as a way to kind of tap into the emotion of the scene and I was really surprised with how open and receptive he was and I don't know how, how much he wants to do acting I mean maybe it was kind of a one and done thing I, I hear he's going back into fighting but I think if he wanted to if he took it serious he probably could he, he could have a he could get some book some roles in movies you know and what would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned from this project as opposed to the other projects that you've worked on over the years? Um, I mean, this was a, you know, for me, it was a big learning curve. Uh, this, this is a, um, uh, a bigger budget than my first feature. You know, the scale is bigger. My first film was, a, it's called Callous Hands, was a, a coming of age drama. It was kind of a small, intimate, very character driven piece. This, And I wanted to deal with the, uh, I wanted to, I'd be ambitious in terms of the scale and see stadiums filled with thousands of people and things like that. And I think the biggest learning curve um, is, is um, you know, uh, the level of preparation needed to make a movie where you're having moving parts and also just um, fight choreography. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quite pleased with how the fights turned out. I, I wanted them to, to be really realistic, but just the level of preparation that's needed for them and also um, just the fluidity that you have to have when somebody gets injured and you got to change things up. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. And then also just learning stuff from Gina, just, uh, um, you know, just, just really having an innate sense of where you should be in the frame and kind of, uh, playing with that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I treat these films like my film schools, you know, every movie I make, I, I learned a lot and, uh, try to take it into the next movie. And are there any possibility for a sequel in the future? I would love to do a sequel and I know the producers feel the same way. Um, what's the saying? If it makes dollars, it makes sense. So it's, uh, I think it's down to how well the movie does, but I do have a, a treatment 
uh, written up already for the sequel. I can say that it's big. It's badass. It involves Moxley again, um, if he wants to do it. It's a big role, you know, and um, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, I, I'm very excited about it. So I, I, I do hope that it connects with fans and that we get to go um, take this journey again, because there's definitely more to those characters that I have, you know, that I feel like there's, there's more I want to say with those characters. And tell everybody why they should see this film. <clears throat> I think uh, people should see Cage Fighter because, um, you know, if you love stories that are about overcoming obstacles, which we all are facing our own personal obstacles right now, you know, with so many things going on in the world, um, you know, uh, with COVID, with the pandemic, with the elections, there's so many things that are kind of weighing down on our, on our minds. Um, that w I feel like what, you know, what I wanted to do with this movie was tell a story about a man that has, that loses everything that he deems important and that is hit, hits his rock bottom and then has to figure out a way to um, pull himself back up. You know, I made, I, when I developed this um, project, I was actually in my own kind of personal rock bottom in my own life. And I wanted to write my, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a writer, I'm a creative and I wanted to write my way out of that situation. And, that's where cage fighter kind of stemmed from and it's got the bells and whistles it's a big um sports film but at, at its core it's about dealing with challenges dealing with obstacles and figuring out a way to get through them you know and i think that if anyone has experienced that then this will resonate with them plus there's fighting and action and all that other stuff yep and tell us a little bit about some of the other projects that you worked on before cage fighter because originally you lived in miami correct that's right yeah um yeah miami born and raised 305 um yeah i came to london in 2000 so when i was 19 and um yeah i mean my first feature film uh it's called callous tans it was a coming of age story that i shot i went back home to miami to shoot it that's on amazon prime if anyone wants to check it out um you know it stars andre royo who many people know from the wire and i'm really proud of that film um, you know, I've also uh, co-produced another feature film called No Shade, which um, is also available on Amazon Prime. And, um, you know, a lot of the stuff I work on right now has an element of um, some genre to it, you know, it's, whether it's action or sports or thriller. Um, you know, I, I, I quite like, um, you know, something that involves some level of movement or physicality. And I, I, I do like my, what Callis Hands was about a kid playing baseball, a cage fighter about martial arts. Um, I'm working on something right now that has a bit of parkour in it. So, yeah, just uh, staying creative. <laughs> okay. And then now it's time to play the lightning <laughs> round. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a couple things. I'm going <laughs> to give you two choices, and you tell me which one you prefer. Mm -hmm. So we're going to start off with basketball or soccer? Uh, soccer. Root beer soda or a root beer float? Root beer soda. Here's a London question for you. <laughs> the London Eye or the Big Ben? The Big Ben. Barbecue sauce or ranch sauce? Barbecue. BB Mac or Five? BB Mac. Summer or winter? Summer. Who wants to be a millionaire or the weakest link? Ooh, yeah, weakest link for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Better song. Will Smith's Miami or Fergie's London Bridge? This is going to get you in trouble with the right uh, answer. This I, I got to go with Will Smith's Miami because <laughs> I used to, I used to, that was, that was like around the time that I left Miami. I remember that was a really big song. So I got to go with that one. 
Macaroni and cheese or cheese and macaroni? Mac and cheese. American gladiators or roller games? Uh, I'll go with American gladiators. I think I, I grew up on that show, so. The prettier bird, Blue Jay, Cardinal, or Oriole? I was a big Blue Jays fan so as a kid, so I got to go with that one. And then this one's a five-way question. <laughs> Who is your favorite Spice Girl? Ginger, scary, sporty, baby, or posh? Uh, I'll go with baby. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Cool. Why don't you tell everybody how they can contact you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, that's probably the one I use the most. It's uh, Jesse Quinone is 81. So that's just my name, 81. Um, my production company, Wolf Cub Productions, so it's Wolf with two O's, is on Instagram and Twitter as well. But uh, I'm probably easiest to get on Twitter. Um, that's the one I'm kind of most active on. All right. Thank you again for joining us today. Thank you guys for watching. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. See you.